The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Discover hope and healing from the other side. Welcome to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Listen, they're all around you, close as a thought or a memory. Messages of Hope. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Our travels this week have taken us to Bluffton, South Carolina, right near Hilton Head. We have one more week on the road before we get back to Florida, but we are spending some time here visiting our good friends, Irene and Tony Vuvalides, who, if you have read my book still right here, you will feel like you know them because they're featured in that book. Their daughter, Carly, is on the other side, but actually she's right here with us because she's given me some amazing evidence. She just drops in when she wants to make us smile, and she's done that quite a few times. Uh, It's really funny. Irene said that she feels like this place is a kind of vortex, and I've done several readings since I've been here. I feel like she's right about that, but you know, I think it's also a fishing vortex, because Ty went fishing with Tony, and Ty's used to fishing, and no offense, honey, I know you're listening, but he's not always catching But he went out with Tony and caught a fish on the first cast, caught a fish on the second cast, and it was like, whoa, this is a nice place. (laughs) So anyway, life is good. I hope it is with you as well. I am so excited about the show today. I have today Paul Goldman, an ecstatic poet. And I'm going to tell you what that means shortly, or Paul's going to tell you. I discovered Paul's work when I was passing through Lee's Summit, Missouri, oh, about a month ago or so. Stopped at Unity Village, as many of you know, to check it out before doing my big retreat there next year. And I was spending some time in the Unity Village bookstore, which to me is like being in a candy store. I just love their bookstore. And they have great selection of books, of course, and gifts, but I was wandering through waiting for my eyes to be caught by a book that I was supposed to pick up, and I came upon these books of poems, and I began reading them, just breezing through it, and it's funny because I'm not usually one to read poetry, but I thought, wow, this is just like Rumi, and if any of you are familiar with Rumi's work, you know that it speaks straight to the soul, and I said, Who wrote these? And it's this guy named Paul Goldman. I thought, I have to reach out to him and invited him to be on the show. So I just want to tell you that before a show, 
my radio show, I normally sit and listen to music and meditate to raise my energy, invite my guides in so that we come from a nice high place on this show. I didn't have to do any of that. All I did was read a few of Paul's poems, and they just put me right in the right place. So I'm excited. Let's bring Paul in. Welcome to the show, Paul. Hi, Suzanne. I'm glad to uh, join everybody and share a little bit of bliss. Oh, that's exactly what you're going to do. And it's interesting because I've found since I became sensitive to vibrations that when you read a novel or uh, anything written, and in your case, poetry, you can actually feel the energy of the person who wrote it. And I'm going to be interested to talk with you and see if you feel that it's your energy or if there's another a, a poet speaking through you or if it's one in the same. But we'll get to that. But first of all, tell us, why do you call yourself ecstat- an ecstatic poet? You're, you're your online address is ecstaticpoet.com. So why is that? It's really a term going back to Rumi and a lot of the mystics. It's it's actually as esoteric as it sounds. It's drunk on the beloved, touching the hymn of the beloved, the very hymn of the beloved. And, and the beloved is the one that I call she or the beloved. I, I certainly feel it's divine feminine, which at the same time I feel like Rumi is coming through me as well. So... There's this mix. But the ecstatic sense is it takes us into this fervor of divine love, of recognizing that at heart, I and each person is truly divine love. And it's this ecstatic to lift us out of the doldrums and out of the humdrum of our lives into the presence, the richness of each moment. It's like a juicy peach, that first bite. That's the ecstatic part. That's the place where I know for me, when I'm in the moment of that, Everything is crisp, alive, vibrating with energy. Oh, I love that. I love that you use the peach analogy because Irene prepared a salad today for me, and it had these perfect peaches in it. And there's, it's, you know, so much. So many times you get that peach, and they're just not quite right. And when you get one that's just right, you just go ah. And that's how I feel when I read your poems. Wonderful. So, then we did it. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. You did it. And I like that you say we because I know it's a combination of you and and the, the ecstatic poets and the source itself. There's no separation. So have you always been a poet? Basic answer is yes. I began writing as I was a kid. There's the yellowed uh, journals of poetry from when I was 13, and it was teenage angst poetry, and uh, it was – well-received at that time, and I was referred to a professor of writing who unfortunately at that time decided I should practice my craft, and that nearly squashed my desire to write because <laughs> I've always oh, wow. been an inspirational poet, always. And what really took place is there's been a spiritual thread through my poetry forever. Uh, it was really in 2009 that I experienced more of a spiritual awakening. The class was actually on spiritual awakenings. And it was actually um, taught or led by a woman named Joe who channeled a fellow named Bill, who was her spiritual teacher while he was alive for three or four years. Hmm. We did something unique, Suzanne. We did something that I had not done. For the first time, we did automatic writing, Mm -hmm. so non-dominant left hand. And 
I'm telling you, the floodgates opened. And it was literally at that moment that Rumi, the beloved, or some entire divine team began to come through. And it's only enriched as the years have gone on. Wow. So you were very much aware at that time that it's, it was it a feeling of that's not me? Well, kind of, because the, the way I describe this, and I've been asked, do I channel? I've been called the Kansas City spiritualist and other things. I, I, I compare it this way, and I don't know why I struggle to define the word or say, yes, it's me or yes, it's them. Um, but I feel it's like anybody like a fine furniture crafter or even a plumber, and somebody has the requisite tools. So I have the tools, and yes, there are others reaching through me to get these words onto the page. Nice. So I'm so in the process. It, I guess ego it, wants that. <laughs> so it's a it's a cooperative endeavor then. Oh, is it? Is it? I think, I'm glad you said that, because it certainly is. I surrender to write these. Um, my wife, Dawn, has seen the process, and I may be – I've written some of these, <laughs> if you want to use the word blindfolded. I could shut my eyes and type at the typewriter. I could still call it a typewriter, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> well, before, before I go and ask you some more questions, we have to give everybody a, a taste, and that's the word, taste, savor, a taste of your poetry. So why don't you choose one? I know you'll be intuitively guided which one to open this with and, and and allow us to savor one of your poems. This is from my new book, Silence Speaks. We are walking. We are walking side by side, hand in hand, knowing the way before us has been ordained. No maps, no compass, no guiding light shows the way, for we know each of these steps before us. The firm ground is yet moist from the Holy One's anointing. Sure, steady, we let our feet alight path, trusting in the outcome divine. All about surrendering and trusting. I love it. Hmm. I wonder how these poems would speak to somebody who doesn't, as put in quotations marks, get it. Have you shared this with, I'm going to say, mixed audiences? I At my book signings. Um, and the most interesting thing that happens, there may be, especially if it's at a, like a bookstore, when I did my book tour in 2015, it's kind of a magnet. People kind of hear this, and they begin to hear the low of the words, and it draws them in. Uh, the sweetest thing that happened was in Columbus, Ohio, in my previous book, Upon Your Canvas, and this young woman who's probably 20-something came up and said, I felt my ears awaken at the sound of your words. Nice. But it wasn't so the I, ears, it was the soul, because that's who your words speak to. I know this. And I, I think... It, you know, there's people that that, that <laughs> put up the their hands and say, "Oh no, poetry." I've done some um, some different uh, shows where I've been a vendor, and uh, even had my CD playing. I've got a spoken word CD, and it, it's interesting. The ones that walk by and oh, no poetry for me, but 
when they give it a chance, they're going to fall in love. I love that. I love that. Um, it's like I, I likened it to the energy in my journey of remembrance CD. I had um, my friend Lynette said that that cured her homesickness. And this is what your poetry does because it reminds us of our true home. It does. Yeah. There, there's, I'm not one who remembers poetry <laughs> very much, which is funny. Um, but there's a couple stanzas, if you'd want to hear from, originally from my original book out in 2010, Wild Joy Ruminations. Please. There's a poem called And the Heavens. And these two stanzas mean so much to me. And the heavens opened anew as she spoke the words I longed to hear. I love you, my precious child, as I always have. You are the one I hope for. And was there another one while we just bask in that I can, one? I can read another one. That that so speaks to me uh, of that need to know that I'm loved to death at depth beyond compare. And I really feel that's the message of the entire poetry. If you just don't move on to the next one before we just comment on that, because I've found that my guides are quite often telling us how very loved we all are. And your poetry says the words exactly that, what what that one just said, that we all want to know that. Our soul knows that, but we have to allow that to filter into our human awareness. And there you are saying that. It's beautiful. What if we, each one of us, just loved ourselves enough to be the best human we could be? What kind of world would that be? <laughs> I mean, we wouldn't help but give it out to each other. Too. Go ahead, Paul. Yeah, I've got a psychology background. I mean, it's this self-love instead of self-loathing. <laughs> exactly. Did you have another you know, one there for us? Sure, and and I love the ones that speak about being present and about being mindful and about being in this moment. This is called Eyes Wide Open. Seeing all before me with eyes wide open now. I see the depth of indescribable beauty revealed. How I simply got by before, I do not know. For in seeing the sheer power of what is, Existent right here, this moment. I'm startled alive anew. Nothing will stand in the way of this forever grace. Though in forgetting I may be momentarily blinded to bliss, only to find an immeasurable substance again revealed in each single breath and the next. Ooh, nice. It's a real treat to hear you read them as well so thank you beautiful i um in my book messages of hope i talk about how poems came through me but the poets who were trying to convince me that they were present they had to appeal to my left brain giving me stanzas that all had perfect sentences perfect rhyme perfect rhythm i don't know enough about poetry to to know the difference between that and your more free form poetry do you know? I, 
I rail against the academe that was tried <laughs> tried to uh, was pushed upon me early on, and and the free verse. I mean, if you go back to even the the beat poets, Lawrence Ferlinghetti, I mean, all of them. I mean, all of them. Just the beauty and and uh, Maya Angelou. I mean, uh, it's all free form. Um, there is a method and a reason for rhyme and for sonnets and for all these haikus and different forms. But for me, I found the freedom in free verse. And it does have a rhyme and a rhythm internal and all this other stuff with it as well that happens accidentally. Yeah, I was hearing that as you were reading it. It's just, uh, I, I'd like to encourage everybody as he reads his poems, this is Paul Goldman, the ecstatic poet. As he reads, just take a, a relaxing breath and close your eyes and be with the words. Just let them flow through you. It's, it's an interesting uh, state of awareness where you're just present with the words instead of trying to even make sense out of them, allow them to speak to your soul. We'll get to more poems as we go on here. I know he has a selection chosen, but Paul, you are a man on a mission. I saw this on your website. What is that mission? My mission, really, and it comes through some of my work with the, the Mankind Project, which is an organization that helps men awaken to their true nature, be authentic, live lives of integrity, and be connected to their feelings, which is what we need. We need strong men in our society that, that are in touch with who they are, and they can, they can create beauty in a, in, a, in a peaceful way. So out of that, I created a mission statement really for myself. I create an awakened, joyful planet by living loving, breathing, and speaking my truth. And what is your truth? <laughs> I was waiting for that because it comes to me as I'm talking to you, Suzanne, my truth is the beloved's truth. I speak the beloved's words. And that truth, you know, again, is I am as you and each person is, loved beyond death. I am love. I am. That's what unity is. I am. When I get back, to, I, I'm here getting, as uh, uh, J-Lo, Jennifer Lopez, I'm getting goosies all over when I say that <laughs> I am. I'm back to my truth. Yeah, I was truth. just reading yeah. something yesterday about getting to the I am. That's the part of us that is the same in every one of us, no matter what belief systems and, and labels we've piled on top of our true nature. I am is the exact same in each of us. And that yes. is the beloved you're speaking of, Paul. And and when I started reading Rumi's poems, oh, just when I was new on this spiritual path, I didn't get it. Who's what is this? The beloved. He capitalizes it all of the time, and that is the I am within each of us. Is that how you see it? Yes, exactly. And 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 it is the beloved with a capital B for me, and 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 a she with a capital S. And she is the one who pours these poems through me. I get out of the way. I get out of the way, and I allow. And I would interpret, as you say that, I get out of the way. If any of you are listening and, and you, you want to understand what does he mean by that, I interpret that as you, get, you set the Paul Goldman story aside and all the shoulds and rules. Is that correct? Which is, which is ego. Yes, all of that. All that is 
all that is not I am, I set aside. Exactly. And that's what I do when I do a reading for people. You can't bring fears and doubts and worries and stories and stress and and even the good stuff. You can't bring that in. So when that's set aside, what's left, Paul? Just this moment. And that's where the beautiful messages come from. I would call them messages of hope. This is the Messages of Hope show. Would would you share another one with us, please? Everybody just take a breath, close your eyes, and settle in and let this flow through you. As the wind whispers prayers, the rising and falling of chords flow like a river from your lips, perched upon the flute, crafted from birch and cedar, I let your rhythms guide me deeper into the canyon, where I count the layers of sediment to learn who has been here before me. Both wind and flute whisper prayers to the ancestors. Owl dancers arise to soar above these sanctuary walls. I long to join them in dance and in perpetual flight. Thank you. That that it just speaks to the soul. It speaks to me of freedom. Freedom. What what do you experience when a poem like that has just flowed through you? Uh, I uh, one of the things that shifted for me even further was I had uh, <laughs> I laugh. I had open heart surgery January of 2014 had a single bypass and a heart valve replacement. So my sense of humor is they left the door open a, a bit <laughs> and a bit too much at times because I'm somebody who can feel my feelings and I experience the whole range of human emotions a lot of times when writing these poetries. The depths of the depths of sobbing, the fits of laughter, and all of that is bliss. All of that is me out of the way. I am just a... <laughs> Raw as can be on some of these poems. And it's and it's a beauty. It's a beautiful ride, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Oh, it makes total sense. Do you do you ever sit back and say, Wow, that came through me? Oh yeah, more than once. <laughs> more than once. And when I'm putting books together, I go back and I go through all that I've written and I, I'm prolific. I'll probably Depends on what's going on otherwise as far as business, but I'll generally write every day. Oh, do you? Wow. One or two poems. And it wasn't always that way. Before this broke through about nine years ago, there were the typical writer's droughts of, you know, six months and will I ever write again? And woe is me. So this is a much uh, more blissful way to live. I know there's, you know, all I have to do is sit down at the keyboard and I think in titles. And I've mm. talked to other writers that have flipped like this. It works for some. Once the title is on the page, the poem unfolds. It, it, it's just amazing. And it edits itself as I go along. I, I rarely have to go back and and do any hard work of editing anymore, which is another blessing. Yeah. So, so what is your actual process? Do you have a set time each day, or do you just get a nudge, and then what happens? I like that, Suzanne. I get a nudge. You know, I get a nudge, and that nudge may be I get a thought. Huh, I haven't written for a day or two. I wonder what I'm going to write. 
and mm-hmm. I sit down and the title hits the page. Or I'm a sponge, as are many writers and, and artists. And for me, so it's words. I may hear something somebody says, and I and I keep that in my in my mind, in my ear, that that's a title. And sometimes I write them down and save them for later. Um, the new book, Silent Speaks, that was birthed when I was working at Silent Unity. Mm-hmm. June last year. And the poems began to flow in between praying with people. Oh, nice. No wonder. I can imagine yeah, the state of mind you were in working there. <laughs> Let me take a minute and, and share with people that Paul is going to be doing a book signing at Unity Village Bookstore September 23rd. So if you're anywhere in the area, 1145 to 130, uh, he's going to be there so you can get his books and have them signed. But I know your books are available on Amazon. This is poet Paul Goldman and they're on Amazon, but also on his website, which is ecstaticpoet.com. So with two minutes before the break, Paul, something else happened in that open heart surgery besides simply becoming a little more emotional. Mm. What happened? Well, I didn't necessarily have a, a near-death experience, and I've written about a near-life experience. And... Didn't know you're going to ask this because this I don't know if this is what you're referring because I referred to it on my blog, but I went into prayer and meditation at the hospital. Pre, they don't give you any any uh, anesthet any you know medicine before until you get into the operating room. So I was fully alert, and in prayer and meditation, I all of a sudden was in a huddle conference room, which happens to be similar to what I'm into now, where I'm at right now actually physically. And there began to be all representations of God, of the divine, of all these deities filling up the chairs, an endless array of divine support prior to surgery. Uh, hmm. And that was an amazing experience. Uh, I, I went right in, you know, I went right into the surgery knowing that, you know, God has this. My wow, you, has you, this. that would definitely be better than taking Valium. <laughs> So you know that was a that was quite a rich experience, and it was it was one of the most real experiences of truth. I mean, there it is. They had my back. I mean, there was no end to the to the support from the angelic realm, however you want to look at it. I mean, very cool. I and, want to talk more with you after we get back from the break about how your poetry may have changed after that open heart ex- surgery experience. But right now we're going to go away for about three and a half minutes. But I hope all of you listening don't go away because we'll have more of Paul Goldman's ecstatic poetry when we return. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. 
This programming is made possible through the generous donations of listeners like you. If you feel inspired by this programming, we invite you to contribute. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate to make your offering today. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Mindful Moment with Catherine Ponder, taken from a classic talk called The Prosperous Truth, recorded at Unity of Austin in 1991. I heard from a young lady who was just starting out as a Unity minister, and she said, I am not teaching prosperity yet in my ministry because I have not yet demonstrated it in my own life. And I don't think I should teach what I have not demonstrated. And I wrote her back and said, Honey, you've got it all backwards. You need to teach what you want to learn. You teach what you want to demonstrate because you cannot demonstrate what you do not know. There must be an inworking before there can be an outworking. To find out more about Unity Teachings, visit unity.org. Did you know you can reach Unity's 24-7 prayer ministry online? You don't even have to give your name to know the prayers have begun for you or those you love. Someone has been praying around the clock at Silent Unity since 1890, and every request is taken into prayer for 30 days. Why not let us pray with you, too? To submit your prayer request to Silent Unity online, go to unity.org and click on prayer or call 816-969-2000. Discover Unity Village, and you'll find a peaceful oasis just 15 miles from downtown Kansas City, Missouri. If you're doing business in the area or looking for the perfect place for your retreat or conference, check out all that Unity Village has to offer. With 1,200 wooded acres, a beautiful nature trail, award-winning rose garden, golf course, and newly redesigned hotel and conference center, Unity Village has everything you need for that perfect event. Go to unityvillage.org to find out more. Stretch your mind and open your heart every Thursday at 10 a.m. Central with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien and the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way. Gain insights into spiritual principles that touch upon the most practical aspects of our lives, like work, relationships, health, and diet. Discover time-tested practices from the ancient system of Kriya Yoga, a philosophy for living a more fulfilled life in today's hectic world. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back. You're listening to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Okay, we're talking with poet Paul Goldman. He's in the category of ecstatic poetry like Rumi and Hafiz. Paul, you were sharing one of your poems in the last half hour, and it spoke of a flute. And I don't normally remember poetry, but there are certain poems from Rumi and Hafiz, a 13th century Persian poet, ecstatic poet, that I always remind myself of. And your poem of the flute just spoke to what Hafiz said centuries ago when he said, I am a flute through which the Christ 
breath flows. And yeah. that's what I believe the goal for all of us is to be that perfect, clear instrument to allow the beloved's beautiful music to flow through us in our actions, in our words, and that's what happens with you. And and not only Hafiz, Rumi also talked about being like a reed, like like a flute blowing through a reed. The wind blowing through a reed is what we are. So, yeah. Perfect. So we... We, be, we ended at the break talking about this open-heart surgery, and you described seeing uh, so many angelic beings around you. You knew that you would be protected, but from reading your website, I understand that you found out you were more protected than you knew. Do you want to share that with us? Sure. There was. Uh, we talked about this poem, Rebirth, a Perspective, and I'll share that uh, with you and uh, with the audience. I come to you from the heart of the galaxy a place not too far away from here. Amid the silence of winter in the year 2014, the surgeon's scalpel and a cold steel operating table awaited my arrival. Knowing there was an other side lent certain comfort. Still to hear afterwards the surgeon's words as related to my wife. Lucky thing he needed that single bypass because his heart valve was shot. Wouldn't have lived another six months to a year left me immensely aware of this precious gift of life. My entire perspective shifted in this rebirth, a second chance, another roll of the holy dice. And yet lessons learned, and here four and a half years later, I still fumble and fall, prey to those pesky past beliefs. Now, though, in the solitude of grace's whisper, I hear that I'm doing lifetime's weight of work to solve this mystery of being human, I vow to let each of you know just how this rebirth turns out by the time the clock turns one final time. Wow. So there's there's our answer to what happened in surgery, yet written in this beautiful form of a poem. So the doctor says you wouldn't have lived another six months to a year. What a shock. Yeah. And... They had, you know, the other side of that is they actually had discovered 12 years before the surgery that I had a uh, defective, a birth defect, a heart murmur, and that was uh, since birth. And for 12 years, they were taking echocardiograms and saying, well, it's four and a half centimeters, and so that's ballooned, but we won't have to crack you open. This was the surgeon's joke, my cardiologist. We won't have to crack you open until you're much older. Well, that happened a little bit earlier than they thought because I was given the need to have a single bypass. And they did not know that my heart valve was shot and that I was what I was facing, huh. uh, death. Well, clearly, to, you're supposed to still hear from you, Paul, in this human lifetime to hear some of your words. But I find it interesting. I'd like you to share with us the stanzas here. I still fumble and fall, pray to those pesky past beliefs. You, to me, seem like a holy man. You, you're awakened. You understand who we are as projections of the divine. Right. What, what, how do those, what pesky past beliefs do you still deal with? The pesky past beliefs of shadow, of shadow self. And... Fortunately, through all the, the work I've done, inner work, I'm more aware of these, and these shadows can be in front of me. The shadows, you know, that we all look at, lack, not enough, 
not good enough, not going to work out, you know, mm-hmm. the, the shoe's going to drop. Those are a few pesky past beliefs. But, you know, they're, they're a sweet reminder, too, because there are more moments now when I can go, ah, that's shadow. I'm here. I am. Beautiful. This is this is awakening, everybody. This is what it feels like. This this peace. Can't you just feel it in his voice when he's talking as Paul and when he's reading the poetry that has flowed through him clearly from the divine? Would you share another one with us, please? I will. I've got a I've got another one. And I swear this relates to a past life. It has to be because of my love and this will come clear in the poem. It's called Riding the Peaks at Sunset. Skipping from one Himalayan peak to the next, my heart soars as my breath turns cold beneath the setting sun. Here is where I'm alive, where life dances me in the steady mist, where memories of still damp caves reverberate amongst the monks still chanting. Know if you search for me, I am not lost. I am just here, riding the peaks at sunset. Hmm. Now, I know that Ty is listening, and I know that he can identify that with that. You were speaking of the mountains and saying, here is where I'm alive. Why is it that we feel alive when we get in a setting like the one you described? And it, for me, it's my Tibetan home. I, I know I had lifetimes in Tibet. I, I've i had past life readings. I, I don't think everybody can be somebody famous. I was told who I was. I set that aside. I know that that my home and my heart is in the Himalayas. So. Nice. And, I'm thinking uh, of the the uh, the T-shirt that uh, that I own and Ty owns one as well. It says the mountains are calling and I must go. Well, these words call to our soul. Your ecstatic poetry. Um, you have how many books of poetry, Paul? Five books. The first one birthed. Oh, that's interesting. It birthed in uh, 2010. Uh, Wild joy ruminations. Right before that, in February of 2010, I'd done something else that I'd never done. I had these poems, and I gathered together a musician who's known in Unity, Tom Jacobs, here in Kansas City. Um, And he does an Advent uh, concert at um, Unity on the Plaza every every Christmas. And I was introduced to Tom, and we felt like soulmates, like troubadours. We went into the studio and recorded uh, 30 poems with his uh, chanting or uh, or guitar in the background. It's a beautiful CD called Wild Joy Released. And then within a few months later, I, I released Wild Joy Ruminations. And uh, I actually took the CD to the Unity People's Convention in San Diego 2010. And, uh, and I met my publisher of that book there. Um, and that's River Sanctuary Publishing, Annie with River Sanctuary Publishing. And then, uh, miracle upon miracle, uh, I got connected to a publisher in England, O Books, which is a very old-line spiritual book publisher out of London. And uh, I sent them the next manuscript, Journey into Oneness. And it's a beautiful collection again um, as things continue to shift 
and they wrote back. I, I had a actually referral to write the publisher direct, and he wrote back, I love your work. There's so many things in it. I can't publish this without <laughs> further information. Can you imagine that that was a dangerous thing to say to a writer? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I wrote back a two-page email, and I said, here's why you are going to publish it. Oh, good for did. you. He did publish it, and it was a beautiful book, um, beautiful, beautiful book. And um, I realized who I sounded like when I said too many beautifuls, like tremendous. But anyway, <laughs> I <laughs> love the book. And um, it was very well received. And uh, it would happen then also the next book was Upon Your Canvas, where I uh, collaborated with a local artist, and there's seven original paintings in that book. And then I did something different before I did Silent Speaks. I did a book that um, was called Shades of Darkness, Open the Blinds. And that happened, that book I say happened or downloaded November of 2016. And there was something that happened to our country in November of 2016, and we will not go totally there. No, let's not go there at all. Let's just keep the energy nice and high. Hmm? Let's just keep the energy nice and high. And the, uh, but that book has both light and dark poems. So it's, it was an interesting work to go through. It was very, very difficult to write that book. And then uh, the bright lights came back in and, uh, in June and uh, Silence Speaks, which is the latest book. Um, and I have that published from uh, a young publishing company, a virtual publishing company called Gen Z out of New Jersey. So that's my latest book. That's what I'll be doing the book signing with, Silent Speaks. Well, this is what I like about your poetry is that, it, you know, I said kids keep the energy high, is that it doesn't matter what anybody's beliefs are. These speak straight to the soul, to the heart, to the I am where there's no story. And this, oh, it's just like Rumi said, out beyond ideas of right doing and wrong doing, there is a field. I will meet you there. And this is what I, this is where I feel your we all meet in your poetry, and if we would all read words like this regularly, we could see the oneness, the part of us that's all the same, where there is no discord, and then hopefully meet there. Uh, one of the things that I teach Paul in, in almost all my workshops is that what we feed ourselves mentally is so important, and certainly we can't turn on the TV without seeing discord. Uh, from both sides and from all around us and from different countries. And so I tell everybody, turn off the news at night. And before you go to bed, read something uplifting. And what's beautiful about poetry like yours, Paul, is it's short and gets right to the heart. So I've had many people tell me it's their bedside reading. So please get a copy of this, put it on your bedside. <laughs> You'll be glad you did. <laughs> if for no other reason than... than Reminding ourselves before we turn out the light who we are, which is not the story that we tell ourselves and the little boxes that we put ourselves into. It's beautiful lights. So, in fact, I'm looking at a poem on your on your website. I don't know if you can pull it up, Paul. 
called Becoming Light. Oh, it's an August 2016 blog. If, if you're on your website, I'm, I'm putting you on the spot here. See if you can go there. I just went at, at random. I was asked which one, which date should I pull up? And in August 2016 came August up as Becoming Light. Yeah, in your archives. I can do that. Okay. So while he's coming up, August 2016, speaking of You Are the Light, let me know when you're there because I'll just ramble for a second. (laughs) Yeah, I've got it. Okay, let's hear that one. Becoming light. You and I are only here to burn away by every means possible. The not us. The parts of ourselves that does not serve evolution's design. There is no instruction manual to turn toward only this constant falling away from everything we or others have assumed is true about us. They do not see the sheer beams of light coursing through each one of us. I do. Your light, glimmering, sparkling, brings fresh tears of revelation. I see humanity's hope lies in the light rays you emit. There's no longer any way of hiding who each of you are. I see you becoming beings of light, divine light shifting Earth's axis, setting right everything that has gone awry. So when you feel the call to burn and feel it, you must just lean in and fan the flames of glory as you become the light, the magnificent light. This is something that I want all of you to understand. Some people may hear words like this and say, oh, that's, that's Pollyanna talk, that all this talk about love. That's not reality. Look at our world. But see, here's what we need to understand. There are two levels, two different realities. There's our human reality where we have the yin and the yang. It's supposed to be that way. We're supposed to butt heads. And through that, come to find this other level that Paul's poetry is speaking of, that all of the ecstatic poets are speaking of. And it's that level where there is no separation. So it's okay to speak like this of love and light. It is it is when all of us come to find that place in ourselves beyond the right doing and wrong doing, that when we get to that place, and it may not happen in our lifetime, then we will no longer need this earth experience. Sorry to take away your time there, Paul, but I just had to share that so that people would understand there's a time for poetry and there's a time for knocking heads with people because that's how we learn and that's how we come to more peace in our life. But I I appreciate your words so much because they awaken us to that other reality. Here's the other part of that. So if I'm not in love, with life, if I'm not in love with myself, if I'm not in love with others. Here's what I learned in one of my many former careers of sales. Act as if. (laughs) Act as if I am. Act as if in each breath I'm experiencing the greatest bliss, the greatest wild joy. And it becomes. We know that. We know that. Exactly. You 
You are what you think. You create with your thoughts. Perfect. And so reading uplifting words like this that, that may not reflect the reality of our world now, at least awaken within us the love who we are, and then we come from a more loving place. It, it helps us to find the peace that's already and always within us. Okay. I have a favorite poem, and it is in the new book. It's called Do You Remember, if you want to hear that. Oh, yes. It's, it was just such a childish joy to write this. <laughs> hmm. Do you remember? Do you remember how to fly? Just lift your arms, bend your head back, and feel your wings unfold. Soon you're aloft, flying in the clear, abiding blue, nothing but endless sky all around. Oh, my sweet, sweet child. You do remember everything now, before you came and fell to earth. Now is the moment you remember. The tears fall. The grief flows at what you left behind. Know, though, that the gift in your remembering, just lift your arms, your arms. Bend your head back and feel your wings unfold. Just lift your arms and bend your head back. And feel your wings unfold. You you read that, and I hear the words of my friend Brenda Baker, who passed to the other side, and within 24 hours was saying, "I'm flying, Suzanne. I'm flying." <laughs> and you know, we don't need the wings, or we can create the wings, but. As my guide said in that journey of remembrance uh, recording that I mentioned earlier. They said exactly what you said, Paul. So when you said, may I read it? It's like, oh, yes. And the words are, do you remember? Yeah. And the soul never forgets. Yeah. We, yeah. And those words definitely help to help us remember. But what's also beautiful, something you read in that poem, Paul, reminds me that we don't have to die to remember. We can, yeah. it is in the remembering that we find home here. Would you agree? Isn't that something? Yeah. That one just, that one gets me because it's, it's, it's deep truth. And I love that you said you wrote it in a moment of childish playfulness, childlike playfulness, because, you know, my left brain, my old left brain would say, I can't write words like this. You know, they're, they're too <laughs> lofty. They're too lofty. <laughs> and yet it, that's, it's the child who has set aside all that. I have to be this or that when we do that, tell, this, tell, this is, this is what results. There's, there's, there's nothing I will not write now. That's not a double negative, but <laughs> I've got, a, I've got okay. a favorite, uh, I've got a favorite uh, recent poem too that I've written. Let's hear it. And it's called Sagrado Corazon. And for those that don't know their Spanish or their sacred heart, Sagrado Corazon. Those days spent in the desert wandering, I know, were not in vain. For I still hear this serenade of your song, Sagrado Corazon. Some still say I imagined you singing to me, that you were a mere auditory apparition arisen from my spending too much time treasure hunting in the abandoned gold mines that dot the Mojave Desert. Yet your voice has grown even louder. 
perhaps my Sagrado Corazon, if I may call you that. You and I will soon meet face to face at long last. Hmm. And it's interesting that you had to translate the title of that because when I've read Rumi poetry or Hafiz poetry, there's always a long introduction about who did the translations and the difference in that in words that different translators make. And what's so cool about yours is you're creating the same energy and yet there's no translation. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did it's, write that way for sure too. <laughs> it's coming straight from the soul, straight from the heart. Well, we have about five minutes left. I understand shifting gears a little bit here, you've written memorial poems for survivors who have a loved one on the other side that you claim seem to be from the deceased perspective. Would you tell us about that? It can be somebody that I know fairly well or um, somebody that I don't know as well, that I I know someone who's had someone die. And... uh, their poems come to me, and, and they're written in their voice. Um, a man who died early from a stroke at 49, his name was Reed. And um, I'm trying to remember that. I'm trying to remember the poem, but it just came through so clear. Um, and I think that he, he was a very humorous guy. And the title of the poem, if I'm remembering right, was this bus is gone, and the poem starts out. Excuse me a second. Poem starts out. I didn't mean to leave this soon. <laughs> I don't think that's something that I was going to write. You know what I mean? Well, I missed the word, Paul. I didn't mean to leave what? I didn't mean to leave this soon. Okay. It was a sudden stroke. Mm. And did you you shared that with his loved one, and what was the reaction? Oh my goodness, uh, it was profound. They they totally understood it was coming from him. The other one was even more recent. It was my cousin uh, Barbara who died, and uh, she was a composer and a, and a singer and performer, amongst many things, and a very kind individual, and. Uh, at her funeral that I attended, uh, the title came to me as it does, One More Song. And uh, her kids uh, put the uh, poem uh, into a calligraphy font and printed it out and had it at her memorial. Nice. We have just a yes. couple minutes left. Would you choose, if we had time for one more, choose the one that, that we should hear. And again, I remind everybody, just close your eyes, take a breath, and let the words flow through you. Okay. I'm going to the right one. Vessels of manifestation. All over now. Save the holy leaving as we drift from attachment to beliefs and fairy tales of existence. We shift to becoming something We have never believed we've been free, unlimited, and sacred human vessels of manifestation. 
Now is the time to be. Nice. Freedom is what happens when we set aside the story, even if it's just for a little bit. The story serves a purpose, but uh, it's coming to know that I love that you've used the word several times, bliss here, a blissful experience when you tap into the beloved within. And we can all do that. Uh, Just as we wrap up here with one minute to go, Paul, on your website, you write, come explore with me the love that we are and experience your own singular magnificent transformation. How does your work transform people? Uh, It awakens them to the truth of who they are. It awakens them to the I am. It awakens them to divine love, to knowing that at death that they are only love. And Course in Miracles talks about fear is, is simply not love. So letting go of all of that, just embracing love, I am and the world works. Let these words into your heart and fill you with the truth of who you are, a beloved, loved being here for a purpose. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Paul Goldman, ecstaticpoet.com. I hope you all have felt uplifted by his words today. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. Let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page, and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, to get that information. I answer audience questions, and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively, part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network, and wherever you get your podcasts.